morning, Thrive Church. How are we doing this morning? It's good to have you guys with us today. And if you've been with us, or maybe if you haven't, we have been in the book of Genesis for Christmas, which is kind of weird, right? Um, you're looking at the story of Adam and Eve over Christmas. And so if you have your Bible, turn to Genesis chapter 3, verse 25 this morning. Genesis 3, 25. Well, tis the season of Amazon boxes, right, and deliveries. And some of you have waited way too long, and you're trying to order that gift, and you're hoping it comes in in time, right? Don't raise your hand, but some of you in here have that testimony, don't you? Right? You're like, I am waiting for that gift to come in just in time. Your boy is out of wrapping paper, and I still have two more gifts to wrap. The rest of them are done, so I'm in trouble as well. Um, well, with that being said, my son, he is, doesn't really understand about, like, deliveries and scheduling and all of those things. And so whenever something's delivered, we got something about a year and a half ago delivered from China. I said, son, it's going to be a month before it gets here. And he could not fathom and understand. Like, he doesn't understand transit and all that. So I explained to him. He still doesn't get it. So anytime we order something on Amazon, he's like, Dad, is it coming today? I was like, we just clicked the button, buddy. He's like, but you never know. Let's go look. I was like, yeah, I do know because I have a tracking you know, thing right here I can show you. He's like, no, 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 but I just believe it could come today. So he has this idea that every day could be the day that that you know, thing is coming when I know it's not. Um, and I don't think it's going to arrive early. And guess what happened one time? It arrived two days earlier, and he was like, see, Dad, I told you, they, it can be early. Your tracking's not always right. I'm like, ah, oh. and I was really upset with that. But I opened with that to share with you because there's something about that mindset that is beautiful about a child that we lose as we grow older. And the reason is because we go through things in life. When we face disappointments and hurts and traumas and tragedies and all these things that, that happen that compound and it creates a more what we want to call realistic outlook, but can we be honest, it's more pessimistic. And I want to talk about that today uh, as we continue our series looking at Adam and Eve. And uh, so we looked, first of all, that God created them, put them in the garden. It was beautiful. Great relationship with God. They walked with God in the cool uh, of the day. God spoke to them beautiful fellowship. And God put two trees in the garden. He said, this is the one you eat of, the tree of life, and this is the one you don't eat of, the tree of knowledge of good and evil. And we looked at how Satan came in in the form of a serpent, and he deceived Eve. Remember I told you the whole idea of dissatisfaction, what you don't have is better than what you do have. God's holding out on you. This thing will complete you, and that's one of the lies of life, that this outward external thing will actually make us happy. And so, again, so she takes the bait. She takes the fruit, gives it to her husband. They both sin. And I told you that Jesus is not the reason for the season. Sin is the reason for the season. Because they sinned in all of mankind. We were all cut off from the presence of a holy creator. Because now we are sinners. And let's just be honest, that's what we are. The Bible says no one is good, no, not one. David says I was born into iniquity. We're born into it. Born separated from our creator. Then what happens is, after that happens, God goes looking for them. He can't find them. They've gone and they've sown fig leaves because they realize they're naked. They were ashamed. Sin brings shame, right? Guilt. And so they cover themselves up with fig leaves. And God goes to them, and instead of saying, hey, listen, I'm not for you. I don't, he says, listen, your sin has caused you to be banished from the Garden of Eden. You'll never enter there again. There's consequences for our sin. He says, but even in that, you don't deserve this, but I'm gonna make animal clothings for you, of animal skins. And the first blood ever was shed, and that was the Protoevangelium, the first gospel. 
that he provided a covering for them that they couldn't provide for themselves. And we learn that if sin is the reason for the season, Jesus is the solution for the reason, which is sin. So Jesus is the solution for sin. And today what we're going to see, we're going to continue the story of Adam and Eve because they, they have two children named Cain and Abel. And Cain and Abel grow up, and you can you imagine Eve washing dishes and watching them play outside and wrestle and have fun, and, and then the hopes and dreams she has for her children, like any good parent has. We have what we call future memories we'll talk about, that we create these future memories that don't even exist yet, but we, we imagine them finishing college, and we imagine them having a family and getting a job. We imagine them doing these things. And Adam and Eve are human like us. I mean, you can imagine mama imagining those things, hopeful, excited, as any young family should be. And then one day, as the custom, and she was washing dishes, and there, you know, her and Adam working there around the house, um, Cain comes back, blood on his hands. I'm so sorry. I've done something really bad. And she asked, where's Abel? Where's your brother? Where's your brother? I've done something really bad. As you know, as the historical account goes, Cain slew Abel killed his brother, and God banished Cain, sent him to the land of Nod. And Adam and Eve sit there, one child dead, dead, one child banished, gone, he leaves. And they're in utter disappointment and heartbreak. They could never imagine that one child would kill the other, and the other would have to you know, go off and, and live by himself. And they're hurt. And what I want to show you today is how they rebound from that hurt because the story doesn't end there. We're all here today because Adam and Eve made a decision. They made a choice. And after some time had passed, and we don't know exactly how long, maybe in some years, maybe in um, you know, months, we don't know how long, but after some time, Genesis 3.25 shows us something they chose to do again. And it says, Genesis 3.25, Adam had sexual relations with his wife again. Now, why would the writer of Genesis put that in there? She did not want to do that. She didn't want to have any more children. I mean, look, last time we had children, one killed the other. I mean, could you imagine the hurt and heartbreak that she's facing from this? But they chose. It says she gave birth to another son. His name, uh, she named him Seth, for she said, God has granted me another son in place of Abel, whom Cain killed. When Seth grew up, he had a son named Enosh. And at that time, people first began to worship the Lord by name. They had utter disappointment, heartbreak, tragedy, crisis. Life threw them a curveball. And then they chose to trust again. At some point, they chose to just believe again. At some point, their, 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 their hurt turned into hope. It healed. And I want to talk to you about that this morning. And if you have your notes handy, here's what I want you to understand is this. It's that hope takes the dis out of disappointment. Let me explain that. Hope. This is the season of hope, right? Christmas, hope. Peace and joy and hope. It takes the dis out of disappointment. And the word disappointment is a compound word. The word appointment means for a scheduled time in the future. Schedule appointment. Like if you have an appointment coming up, you have a doctor's appointment scheduled and you know it's at 11 a.m., right? And you're going to that. A disappointment means that you went there and it wasn't time for the appointment yet. You arrived a day earlier. Ever done that before? Arrived an hour earlier or late and you didn't, you didn't make it at all. That's a disappointment. 
And what happens in life, me and you are gonna face disappointments. We're gonna face these situations where we believe for certain things to happen, that we wanted things for the future at an appointed time to happen. They wanted Cain and Abel to have their own families and they had this, uh, this thing for the future and they faced disappointment. But do you know what Seth's name means? That's the child they have. His name means appointed time or appointment. And I want to tell you that when you choose to have hope, because hope's a choice. Optimism, you can be born with it. Hope, you have to choose. And when you choose hope for the future, after you've been punched in the gut, after you've had the, the report you didn't want to have, after the thing happened to you, when you choose, you take the diss out of disappointment and you don't live with disappointment all the time. And I want to help you that today because um, I was able to sit with two young men in the sauna the other day. And I don't know how we got onto it. There's another guy that, that I'm really ministering to, and you know, he's facing um, some pretty serious stuff. He's going through, he's, he's close to my age. And we're just talking, these two young men, one of them I've been working with with strength training and nutrition and dieting, and we're sitting there talking, and I begin to share this, this, this very thing with them. I said, you are 21 years old right now. I said, people at my age, at 44, I said, at 21, you haven't had to experience as much loss, probably, or disappointment, or heartache, or curveballs. I said, man, you're gonna have the job you want, you're not gonna get. You're gonna have a relationship that goes sour. The parents are gonna pass away. There's gonna be unresolved issues with people. I said, there's gonna be things that happen that you never, I said, the thing that separates right now at 21 to right now at 44 is how you respond, understanding this is a part of life that's already baked into it. I said, that's the, I'm telling you that, that's the key. People who fall into addiction, people who eat themselves into a grave, people who go and have moral failures and cheat on their wives, addicted to pornography, all of those things are because they're trying to medicate and heal a hurt they've never dealt with. People who are judgmental and critical and they're angry and all that, that's all of those things because over time, they live with so much disappointment, they never learn to live with hope. Because they don't feel hope and don't think there's hope, that's why they medicate themselves with that because they feel there's no hope for the future. They're so overwhelmed with shame. And today, I want to help you understand how the power of hope will pull you out of those things if you choose it, but nobody can give it to you. Stop wanting everybody around you to instill hope in you. They can believe in you, but you gotta have hope in Christ and you gotta have hope for the future if you're gonna make it yourself. And here's what you understand about, about this. Christmas was a hope before it happened. See, we celebrate Christmas in reverse, like, right? Like we're celebrating the, the past event that happened. But understand, Christmas wasn't for us primarily as Gentiles. It was a promise to Jews that their Messiah would come, O Emmanuel, and he would deliver them from Rome, delivered them from the tyranny of the Roman Empire, that they once again would be a nation and be powerful, and they waited for thousands of years for the Messiah to come. This wasn't something Christian that went on for years. I mean, Christianity's been around for a couple thousand years, right? So we celebrate the, 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 you know, the finality of the hope. It's not hope for us of what happened, but it was hope for them. And before Christmas ever happened, Israelites had to have hope that God would send Messiah. And they went through so many disappointments and so many failures of being exiled and watching their, their you know, children, again, destroyed by the Babylonians, families decimated. But this one word, hope, and hope in God, 
would always ring true. And if I want you to realize this about hope and what it was for Christmas for them is that hope is a future belief of God's promises and goodness. Their hope was Messiah would come and deliver. And he did, but not in the way they expected, right? He delivered from sin. But our hope is that Messiah will come again one day for us. That's the, we, we were celebrating Advent right now, but we should also look at the second coming of Christ. Look and believe in the hope that we, not only on earth, will have God meet us in our trials, but also that we have the hope of heaven because of the death, burial, and resurrection of Christ. Right? Like This, is, this life is not all, that, not all that it is. But can I tell you this? Hope is not just for the life to come. Jesus gives us hope for the future. He gives us hope for the wayward child. He gives us hope in the addiction that you're facing or a loved one's facing. He gives you hope that restoration can happen in your life with whoever that is, reconciliation. Jesus has come to give us hope that we believe in the future of God's goodness and God's promises over all of our resume of the past. And I've said before, some of us are so stuck in the past that we can't believe for the future. We can't believe that God has something powerful for us in the future. And I wanna help you with that today. Because if you don't have hope, you will stay stuck in the cycles that you have in your life. And I want you to realize this. This is why it's so important here. If we don't live in hope, then we will ultimately live out our hurt. If we don't live in hope, we will ultimately live out our hurt. Because some of you are hurting today and you're hurting badly today. Christmas is a season that says joy and be happy. But for some of you, the parents are gone and there's no, no one to celebrate with. For others of you in your life, it was the relationship that went south. There's so much hurt of your past of what you've been through and you're not happy in this season. It's a tough season for you. And if we don't learn to employ hope, in our life, then we will live out hurt. And I remember that in my life um, quite, quite you know, harshly as it dealt with me. When I was planting my first church in Florida, I got to a place I didn't believe there was any hope. I was hurt. We had launched this church from nothing, and it remained our first service. We had 200 people. I was so excited. I was so naive to, oh, if I could have just talked to that young man there back then. Right, if you could just talk to your younger self, what would you have said to, to them? And I watched church people angry at each other, hurting each other, and I watched the church just dwindle, 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 and I couldn't stop it. I felt like I was watching a, a bad train wreck happen, and I couldn't stop it. I felt like, you, you guys ever watched Ferris Bueller's Day Off? If you haven't and you're young, you gotta watch that movie. I felt like Cameron, after he, he totaled his dad's car, when it went out the back, the back one, right? That Ferrari, and Cameron's just like catatonic. That's what I felt like. And I was hurt. I didn't have a lot of hope. And you can have friends around you, encouraging you and telling you, you're, you know, it's gonna be all right and all those things. But there was a certain point in time I had to have hope again. And the Lord gave me hope and I began to believe again and the church began to do well and we began to see things happen. And then God called me to Virginia. This is where hope had to come in. Because there, I, at least I had 70 people and had, some, had you know, a little couple part-time staff and we were doing things. And I, you know, I mean, we were, we were small, but we were just getting started. But here I came and there was, there was 20 senior citizens and three young adults. But I came in with hope. What you see today 
is because I had hope, because people here had hope. We believe in God's future promises, amen? And why I'm saying that is, is this here. If I would have lived in hurt, I'd have come here saying, well, you know, yeah, we're gonna launch and we'll get started, but I know what happened last time. I, I've seen this story before. I've seen this play out before. Why even believe? Why even hope? And some of you feel that way. You're cynical. I mean, you call yourself, like, oh, I, I just tell the truth. No, you're, you're cynical. You just don't believe in hope. You're not happy. You're not hopeful anymore about the move of God in your life. And it's gonna take you instilling hope into your heart. Say, you know what? I believe in the goodness of God and that he has something in my future good for me even though I got hurt by the same thing before. Amen? And that's my fear is that we're going to live out hurt instead of hope. And hope is so important. There was a king one time who sentenced a man to death. And the man before he was sentenced to death says, king, king, king. He stopped. He said, king, king, king. He said, will you please consider this before you hang me? The king said, sure. What, what is it? He said, within a year, I'll teach your horse to fly. And if I can't, then you can hang me. He, he says, yes, I can teach horses to fly. <laughs> the king says, Okay, you've got, you've got one year from this day to teach my horse how to fly. Later, he's out there with the guys, and he's out there with this horse, you know, just, and the guy said, what are you doing? Like, why would you tell the king, like, that you could teach the horse to fly within a year? You're going to die. He said, well, he said, listen, I, I figure either the king's going to die in a year. He could die in a year. You never know. He said, he said I'm, I mean, I might die in the next year. I don't know. He said, the horse might die. He said, you never know. Man, I might teach the horse how to fly. <laughs> That's hope, right? Like, that's like, hey, you know, like, hey. Uh, all, I mean, all I got's hope. And I want you to understand the power of hope because here's what hope will do, and I want you to, to do this, and it's this here. Allow hope to heal the hurt. You know, your brain, is, is, it can't understand the future. Brains aren't wired that way. You know what brains understand? The past. Neural pathways to the past. Anytime you have a negative experience or a positive experience, it associates that from the past. So that's why, like, in your marriage, like, your spouse says something to you, and you get really, like, if it's hysterical, it's historical. If they overreact and go bonkers on you, it's because something happened in childhood that you just triggered, right? It has nothing to do with you. And our brains only know that. And the only way, and here's another cool thing, our brain also can't distinguish fantasy and reality. It can't. So what you have to do is stop living in what happened to you and the hurt and the disappointment, just like Adam and Eve had with Cain and Abel, and you have to say, you know what? I'm gonna allow hope. I'm going to create future belief that God can make this thing happen. I'm going to envision what it will look like for my children to follow the Lord. I'm gonna envision the day when they come to me and they say, I've given my life to Jesus. I'm gonna envision the day when I'm free from this addiction. And you begin to create hope for the future based on the power and promises of God. And when you begin to do that, you start thinking positively about your future instead of negatively about what happened to you in the past. And here's how hope helps us. Number one, it helps us by healing past disappointments. Hope can help heal your past disappointments in life. The things that you wish would have been, the regrets that you have. Because then you can now believe that, yeah, you'll never have that back again, but I can promise you God's got something else for you in the future, that there is hope for the future. The second thing is this, by trusting in intimacy once again. That's what Eve had to do. Adam had to do. 
It says in Genesis 1.25 that Adam had sexual relations with his wife again, and she gave birth to another son. They chose to be intimate again. Some of you like in your life, don't, you don't trust anybody, and you're wondering why your life suffers, your relationships suffer, because you've never chosen to trust again, and it takes intimacy to trust. You, you know, the, you know the, what, what the currency of trust is? If you had to exchange, like, if you said, this, I'm going to trust you. Do you know what that means? I'm going to be vulnerable with you no matter what you think of me. That's where, if you think, if, you're, if your marriage is suffering intimacy problems where you don't feel close, you're not being vulnerable. One of you have shut down and you just ain't sharing anymore. And you've got to choose in all of your life to trust again, to trust again. I've told you before about church hurt and we talked about that and how I've been through church hurt and I've, I mean, I've been cussed out more by people calling them Christians ever by non-Christians. I've been treated so poorly by people who say they're mature Christians who are just, you know, jerks and angry and mean, all that, like, right? So it would really behoove me not to trust anybody who walks in these doors. Correct? Like, common sense? That's, that's terrible. That's a, that's a ter- and I have a lot of pastor friends who are like, yeah, I, I've, I've, I've watched that movie. I've seen that sequel. I, I, I starred in the trilogy. <laughs> and you're feeling the same way about your life, too. But the very walls that you've put up, as I said before, to keep those people out have kept you in a prison. And you have to learn to trust again by having intimacy and say, you know what, I'm gonna trust again, I'm gonna believe again, and I'm gonna hope again. And then it's this, believing that the next day could be the day. My son, it may come today, Dad, you never know. I'm like, yeah, bah humbug. I've got the track in here, boy. Let me just, let me just, let me just uh, you know, rain on your parade. Let me put a little bit of water on your fire. Let me just. And that's sad that we've lost that wonder and awe when it comes to God. You never know. Today could be the day that they find out what, what's going on with you physically and, 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 and the, you've been out in the hospital. Today could be the day that the child comes. Today could be the day. You've got to wake up every day employing that mindset. And Luke 1.25 speaks of a guy who did that. It says here that at that time, that's the time Jesus was born, there was a man in Jerusalem named Simeon. He was righteous and devout and was eagerly waiting for the Messiah to come and rescue Israel. Remember that hope I talked about? He was a, he was a Jew waiting, going to the temple every day, believing the day could be the day. It says the Holy Spirit was upon him and had revealed to him that he would not die until he had seen the Lord's Messiah. Verse 27 says that day, that day. See, for you, there's gonna be that day. God has that appointed for you. Remember appointment? He has that appointed for you that day. You have to believe it. He says that day the Spirit led him to the temple. He just didn't go because he had to go. The Spirit, the Holy Spirit led him. So when Mary and Joseph came to present the baby Jesus to the Lord as the law required, Simeon was there on that very day. He took the child in his arms and praised God. He believed and he waited and he hoped and that hope happened. And can I tell you, trust again, believe again. Because the, the story of Christmas, what we look at, is not just Israel's hope 
for the future. And we look back and we're so thankful for what that, that was for us. But it's our hope that in this life, in the life to come, that the Lord will meet us. The Lord will be with us. He will answer prayer for us. He will, again, show himself faithful in no matter what you're facing. I want to end with this quote here is that Christmas gives us hope, not just on one day, but for every day. And I want you this week, I don't know what you're facing, I don't know what you're going through when it comes to hope and your past disappointments and your regrets and your failures and what you wish would happen. And maybe even right now you're going through a situation and it is extremely difficult. And can I tell you, you're not alone. If you think something strange is happening to you, not anybody else, it's um, we have the privilege of helping so many in our congregations between both campuses. And lots of people are going through lots of things. If you think your marriage is the only marriage struggling, you're not alone. If you think you're the only one going through addiction and you think that you're, you're just, man, a terrible person, no, 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 you're not. You're not alone. If you think you're the only one who has no fire for your faith and you lost fire for Jesus and you're just going through the you're not alone. But there's hope. There's hope. And hope is not based on you, it's based on Christ. And that's why we can hope and believe again. And if you do that, let me tell you what happens. When you meet disappointment with hope, you know what you tell disappointment? Nope. Come on, come on, Dr. Seuss, it's Christmas, Grinch. Yeah, it's pretty good rhyme there. That's, the, that's a courtesy clap there, you know, like the golf clap. It's like, yeah, thank you, Pastor. We appreciate it. <laughs> oh, I'm so sad I invited my friend to church today. His jokes are usually better than that, I'm not telling you. But I say that and tease that to, to give you optimism, hope, smile, believe. Believe and watch God move. Let's pray. Father, today we come to you. And we ask that, Lord, in each individual situation, whether they're in here physically, physically or online, that, Lord, they would experience hope of your goodness and your promises. There's so many disappointments we have faced that we are facing, but may we trust again in intimacy with you. May we once again be intimate with you, Lord God, and believe naively, like a child believes about this package that could come, may we have that same wonder and awe of your power and that you are for us and you're not against us and because of Christ in his death, burial, and resurrection, because of the gospel, there is hope. Give us that, Lord. Help us to live that out. And today, if your hope is that you want to start that relationship with God, Maybe for you, it's walking with the Lord and you walked away from him or maybe you've never given your life to Christ. Today is your day. You know it. You're ready to trust God again. You're ready to be all in again. You're tired of the way that you're living. You're tired of life the way that it is. You know there's more for you and today is your day to give your life to Jesus to experience that. And if that's you, I want you to pray this prayer after me. You say, God, I need Jesus. I surrender to Jesus. I make him my Lord. I repent of my old life. I receive new life and full forgiveness. I believe that Jesus died on the cross. I believe he rose again on the third day. And I believe he is Lord. And today, Jesus, you are my Lord. 
thank you for saving me. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Let's celebrate for everybody who made that decision today, amen.